In season two of Marvel's Luke Cage, fans will have a chance to see singer, dancer, actor, and newest addition to the show, Gabrielle Dennis bring to life the complex and conflicted Tilda Johnson, a.k.a. Dr. Nightshade. As Nightshade, Dennis brings her own unique talent and skills to the already strong and dynamic women of color in the cast. I sat down with the native Ohioan the morning after the season premiere to talk about being the family ham, our shared love of Janet Jackson, her journey from performing arts school to artist, and her new project playing Whitney Houston in the Bobby Brown story. Speaking of Whitney Houston, mm-hmm. you're about to be able to play like the diva of all divas, yeah. like the diva that changed the game about being a diva. Mm-hmm. You ready? I am. I'm ready to see something. I haven't seen not one smidge. I haven't done any ADR yet. But yeah, I'm excited to see it and to see how it turns out. Because based on what other people say, I've been walking around LA to events and people are like, oh, girl, I heard you are killing it in Whitney. I was like, oh, that's nice. That's great. How can do I, you know? Can I? Can I? <laughs> what have you seen? Because I, I see haven't it? seen anything but photos. <laughs> but this is not your first. This is you're not new. Howard, you started acting there. You started. This is this is a career for you. Yes. And you are a dancer, you are a singer, you are a comedian. Yeah. Just a slightly crazy person, just basically. <laughs> just out there just doing stuff. <laughs> I mean, but isn't that like the personification of being a creative? Yes, yes. It's kind of like there was this point I felt like I was just throwing paint on the wall and see what sticks, <laughs> you know what I mean? What dries first. But yeah, I mean, I went to perform an art school. So it's just wow. kind of like you're trained to be... In Cincinnati. A triple threat. Yeah, it's like, you know, so I, I studied dance, I studied theater, I studied nice. music theater. I was definitely more of the ham. I remember um, this story my mother and cousin always talk about where it was her, like, I don't know, she was turning 13 or something. It was like some slumber party for her birthday. And so during the day, there's like the party. And then at night, it's like, okay, bye, family and friends, like, that are not my age. (laughs) But I wanted to stay. And they were playing music, and I was singing and they were waving their hands. Like, I was having a concert at like the full age, the tender age of like seven or something like that. But I was like, it's just two. So I'm, I'm the oldest. Interesting. Yeah. I do not meet a lot of hams who are the oldest. Oh, really? I do not meet a lot of hams that are the oldest. Where do they usually fall? Babies. Ah. Uh. Yeah. We've had a lot of, we've had a lot of babies in that chair and a lot of them have have been the throw everything at the wall, very interestingly creative uh-huh. um who are like, yeah, you know, our older siblings did, you know, re- these things that our parents thought were responsible and then mm-hmm. we were like arts. Yeah. So do you feel like your your parents influenced this? Were... I don't even really know where it came from. I know like the first time I ever remember putting on a tutu, I was probably four. But wow. like that doesn't really count. Like, at that point, your mom's just over. Everybody's putting your everybody's mom's just paying for overpriced tutus. Yeah, it's just like whatever. But I remember um, it was my mother's idea, obviously, to send me to the school because you had to audition to get in. So it was like in wow. fourth grade. So you go and there's you spend all. It's an all day situation. Like it's like a cattle call, basically. It's like, like fame, hundred, but in Cincinnati. Yeah, it's hundreds of kids, <laughs> and then you go and you sign up what you think you're good at, and they'll let you know you're good at this, but not so much this, sister girl. You should you should try <laughs> go down the hall and. See if, see if singing works for you. So it's like, you know, I had you had to basically audition for all of the disciplines, creative writing, for art, for singing, for dance. But I was like, okay, well, I think you had to pick at least like four. And I and I go in and I my little stick figure girl with her little high heel shoes, it was a horrible mess. And they were like, Oh no, sweetie, you should this one's not for you. <laughs> 
I tried not to laugh. Like, but that was the only one I failed at miserably that day. Everything like, else I, I was good. At everything I was like, else, writing, I had it, it and fine. dancing and singing. I was like, let's go. And then art, I was like, mah, mah, mah. but I already knew. I already knew. Like as it was happening, I was like, this isn't. Nah, this, nah, this one. That, nah, that ain't it. I had zero confidence turning it in. But yeah, so I can't shake that part of me away from no. from you know the performing arts school I went to. But I love it. I think that influence just came from being exposed to it at such a young age, yeah. you know, in fourth grade. You know, 13-year-old, 14-year-old, Gabrielle sitting there lacing up your... <laughs> My little point shoes. little point shoes. <laughs> Is this where you... I feel like you had a lot of different ambitions. Oh, I definitely had a lot of dreams. Like, I I wanted, I loved Janet Jackson. Like, I wanted to get up on stage and sing and dance. Like, I, rem- <laughs> I remember the Control album and... My sister and I reenacting like we would take turns on who wants to sing and perform an album. Clearly, we didn't have cable, guys. So we <laughs> we were entertaining ourselves other ways. Uh, but I remember their video where she slides on her knees. With that the was knee my pads and the cut-off so, shirt. Regardless yes. of whatever the order that my With sister and I. Yes, whatever order the sister and I were choosing. It was like, control that. That's mine. I got to have it. I have to have the slide on my knees across the carpet. And she comes back up and she, yeah. The carpet girl, that was the problem though. The basement carpet. And I was trying to figure out a way to go from the, from the tile to the carpet. But I was like, I need, I need the distance. I need, I was like, I need the length. I need the, I need the distance. I was like, see how far I can go. All I'm seeing in my <laughs> mind is carpet burns on knees. That's all I'm seeing right now is like sliding straight into the carpet. And, like, and your ah, mom's and like. And then you're stopping like. Eh, eh. But, and your mom was like, baby, what did you. Well, <laughs> yeah, I was a little bit of a tomboy. So in the sense of like, not like girly girl, like, so like carpet burn wasn't my problem. My, like my concern, cared. my concern was the visual, like how great was the stunt? <laughs> Did I ex- execute that well? Did I look anything like Janet in the moment? That's all I cared about. So you're really there for performance. I was you're there for very performance. Dig- you're very dedicated. Yeah. But also caution to the wind. Yeah, caution to the wind. Got it. <laughs> Right. Exactly. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> oh man. You know, sisters are amazing. Like I have I have two sisters. Um, they will always get you in trouble and they're always going to co-sign on your crazy. So I am happy that your sister was like not only co-signing but producing. Yeah. Oh yeah. We would do weird like I and, and I was joking when I said we don't have cable, but when I look back, we must not have had anything else to entertain us. Like I'm sure we had bikes, but I wasn't a big outdoor kid. I was like a reader. Like my mother would order yeah. like those books in like, um, I remember reading like books and she thought yeah. I was kind of strange. Like my sister loved to go out and play. I was more of like a stay in the house. I was like, I don't do bugs. I don't do sun. Um, I don't do sweating, <laughs> but I will read a book. I don't know what my issue was, but I liked reading and I just liked stories and like learning stories and, and things like that. And, um, but my sister, yeah, she... I do remember like little times we, we we obviously most kids we you you imagine a lot and you do things but I remember putting like towels on our head and like that was our hair. <laughs> yeah. We would we would take a towel and either tuck it behind the ear or like pin it put bobby pins in the back and if you wanted to be blonde then you get a yellow towel if you wanted to be redhead you get a redhead towel you 
that was and that would portray whatever character we wanted to play and then my grandmother's house was always full of every she she's big on antiques oh so it was fun to like go around her it was like a museum and almost like like figuring out what's new oh grandma you didn't have this this picture before that statue's new you know like stuff like that but then we would also like that would help play we were very like victorian certain times and she had like i remember this mirror and brush like it was very like i was brushing a i was brushing a towel but it was very queen I, I don't know what was wrong with us, but we everything had fun. was right everything was with right. you. That's right. What are you talking right about? <laughs> you you were literally setting the foundation for what you do now, exactly. Um, which is turning, making something out of nothing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I and I love that. Oh my God, I would pay money to see you sitting there with your sister brushing a towel because you're like, that's what kids are supposed to do. Yes, that's it's, that is actually the creativity. That breeds a storyteller, mm-hmm. right? Like, I love the fact. Like, what were your favorite books? Oh, um, I remember like the Sweet Valley Highs. I remember um, the Berenstein Bears. For some reason, pops in my head. So I did all of that, um, and I liked reading. And I love it. One day, maybe I'll write a book. I don't know. And maybe that'll get me back to. We life. will remind you of this when we put this podcast out. <laughs> that you said that you're going to write a book. I, I hope maybe. you do. <laughs> I hope. I hope you do. I I love. New perspectives. I love this idea of storytellers being impacted by other stories. Was there any particular book you felt like you were impacted or inspired you or influenced by when you were a kid? I know one of my, not a book, but I know one of my absolute hands down favorite animated films ever, The Little Mermaid. (gasps) I'm not surprised at all. You're not surprised. I thought I was Black Ariel. Like, even as an adult, I've had people give me gifts like keychains or something Ariel-esque. I was a little obsessed. And to the point where I'm not gonna I say... know every hand gesture, lyric, line, scene. Stop. Yes. And I live. The best villain for me has always been Ursula. She's amazing. So first of all, Ursula is the villain. The villain, okay? She sings. She's got body. <laughs> Her face is beat. Hair is styled. And she's a nasty, nasty little heifer. She I is. love her. She's amazing. Actually, you know what? Now that she put it like that, I'm like, yeah. She's like one of my favorite villains as a kid. And yeah, like I legit, well, in karaoke, like yeah. I will still go to karaoke now. And if they have if they have part of your world, get ready because I'm singing it. That and Tina Turner are like my favorite go-to karaoke's. Um, I love it. I think I think that influence just came from being exposed to it at such a young age, yeah. you know, in fourth grade. Um, because my and my mother sings, but like around the house, you know, she yeah. really thought she was Anita Baker. Like, I mean, <laughs> I remember everyone going to is like, Anita Baker you know, in you their go house. Go to the amusement parks and they have those rooms that you can make like little videos yeah. or like tapes. Yeah, my mom had one and she would pop it in and we'd be driving and we'd be like, "Go, mom." Sing that song, girl. I might have one of <laughs> me and my best friend doing shoot. That might exist. I think everyone's got one. Yeah, I have one of doing, I think, the Fugees. Yes. Uh, killing me softly, please. Yes, it yes. was Killing Me Softly. And it was myself and two other people. And I was doing the absolute most. Because an that unnecessary song amount requires. I was doing an unnecessary most. amount mm-hmm. of the most for that song. I don't know if I was it's not possible. killing you softly. I was killing you hardly. Like, <clears throat> I was killing. The hell out of you. You like, were killing the song. I was doing the absolute most. And I hope that tape doesn't exist. 
I think. But we the all funny thing that. is, I used to work in an amusement park, and, and one of my best friends, uh, we were we were sing. Sometimes we'll sing, and he's like, "Do you remember this routine?" And I'm like, "No, I don't remember that routine." But I remember like little moments from the show, and oh. and uh, we have I have so wait, that somewhere. What do you on mean VHS. you worked at an amusement park? What did you do at this amusement park? Oh, like I was in the full fledged like show that is like which amusement park was it this? was Six Flags in Maryland. And we did, it was like a top 40 review. I didn't, wow, what was it called? I don't remember the name of the show, but it was my best summer job, hands down, ever in my life. We had so much fun. And it was funny, it was like, he and I, we teased, we were like the Mean Girls cast, because like, the other kids in the park that had to like wear the suits that were hot and sweaty, they were a little upset that we got to get the air-conditioned uh, theater. You know, people were coming But you were performers. There. Yeah, and they would come in, they would sit in the back and absorb the air and... It was funny. Like we 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 thought we were bad. We thought we were the ones. Like yes, we got that AC and we have dressing rooms and lighting and and multiple breaks. Like we were really a mess, <laughs> but we had a fun because we sang everything from Whitney Houston to Destiny's Child to yes. Christina Aguilera, Ricky Martin. Like we did this huge variety show and it was yeah. so much fun. Why acting? I know you threw a lot of things at the wall and you just kind of figured it out, but. You know, it's funny. It's just kind of as an artist and and as a creative, like you said, I just want to be and exist in that that space. And it's just kind of the universe or God or whatever you like to believe in brought me here, you know, because I thought I was going to be a dancer, a ballerina. That's kind of what I wanted to do. I started off in dance. I mean, I went to school and I studied all of those art forms, but dance was the one that spoke to me the most at the Mm. time. I thought I would be Misty Copeland before I knew who Misty Copeland was, you know, like that was my goal to be like this black ballerina breaking records and all that type of stuff. Then cut to a couple of injuries later and uh, fall down the stairs and things like dance injuries and all that. But there's definitely things I got from studying dance and like, you know, the discipline and and respect and just like posture and just elegance, like little things that I can I can grab onto that have actually bled into other areas of my life. And and even as a dancer, I feel like you're you're very it's very expressive you know yeah. so it's still you're still performing and acting in a way on stage but again i was studying in all those forms so it never was like i want to do just one thing but i did i really wanted to move to new york and doing music theater and those things mm. and then then lo and behold i i decided to move to la because at this point i had been living in the east coast for a while and i was like mm, if i'm going to be a starving artist where do I want to starve? <laughs> How about someplace with a little extra square footage for the price? And, and no snow. Yeah. And no snow. Right. I was like, I know I can't live how I want to live in New York. I can't live like Carrie Bradshaw. So I'm going to Carrie go to Bradshaw LA. should Carrie have Carrie Bradshaw couldn't probably live like Carrie right. Bradshaw. But it's funny where you talk about you, you've learned, you learned this way of movement. I now see Tilda and how you portrayed Tilda even more intricately. Mm. Like being able to be in a space and take up space and still perform without moving mm-hmm. and do that like your expressions there are moments i'm trying not to do spoilers but there are <laughs> moments when mariah is talking and you are in a crowded room and the camera goes to you and you are saying everything on your face and you haven't moved you haven't said anything and God. see i'm not, and it's things i don't even really think about i think it's also just for me being present in a in a scene with the likes of a Healthy watered. I how, mean, how come was, on, right? How was it working with the mom from Kirkland? Like the, you know what? I Alfrey Woodard. 
I, it was obviously great. And it's so funny because I just came off of another show mm-hmm. where I had another amazing mother in Lorraine mm-hmm. Toussaint. Mm-hmm. And it's like, then I got Alfre Wood. I'm like, good grief. What's uh, Who's going to play my mom next? <laughs> mother Teresa, what's going to happen, guys? So that's so, the name of your autobiography, <laughs> All My Moms. All My TV Moms. <laughs> All my moms. Um, but yeah, they're both, they both were great women. And Alfrey is so, she's just, she's just such a. She's so loving. Uh, I just love like her watching. energy. And it's just so fun watching her. Like I yeah. laugh. She makes me laugh. She really does make me laugh on and yeah. off camera. Well, and I think the, the fun about Mariah in general is that Mariah is not a bad guy. Because I think there's your relationship, Tilda's relationship is both genuine and manipulative. And loving, but also callous and unapologetic. Mm-hmm. The chemistry between you both was amazing. Thank you. So now you're part of Marvel canon. Congratulations. Thank you. Wow. Ah, that, that sounds so good. It's a really <laughs> big family of people. Um, but there's there is a uniqueness to, I think, Marvel's Luke Cage's cast. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite thing about being part of the family? Oh my goodness! I, I know you can't just pick one. I just... yeah, you you can't. But what I I will say, and I've been very fortunate in this, in I think most of my jobs, is that it there's this warmth and there's this synergy, and I think that's what's the most is that we all want this to win. We all want this to do well. We all actually genuinely care about the people watching the show and making sure that we're taking care of the things that we think that they would want and like and, you know, all of those things are going on in our minds and just being very um, specific in the choices we make as actors and the conversations we have with Cheo and the writers and things like that. Like, I've I've seen those people do things on set and I feel like I, I get excited watching the care that people have for the show and their roles and the audience. And I think that is very, very special and unique because a lot of times people get jaded in this business and you look at someone who's been edit as long as an Alfre Woodard and you know you look and you're like she still is repping hard and like wants this to be and the she most did it, amazing she did it at a hard time she came up in acting at a time when she was being placed in mm-hmm. a corner because she was a black woman mm-hmm. do you feel like Marvel's Luke Cage like gave an opportunity for black women in particular to play these multifaceted strong dynamic, flawed roles that just I haven't seen exist in that quantity ever. <laughs> um, well, yeah, it's it's definitely, there's a lot of strong women in the show um, in, in varying degrees of that. But what you were saying about like this opportunity that the show affords her to play different types of role, I love that we're used to seeing a kingpin you know, Alfrey's bringing you queen pin realness, okay? Like Personified. And, she, and it's so fun to watch because even in season one of Daredevil, one of my favorite characters is obviously the villain because he was he executed that role so well. It was, was so, so good. You know, you enjoyed his performance so much. Yeah. You kind of forgave all the bad things he does. It was just like, I just like watching you. And that's yeah. how I feel with, with Mariah's character. It's like, oh, I just want to see what she does next, even though I know it's going to be messed up. But she's so, like, her nuances and her, her ability from, from the humor to to the to just the downright nasty and cold 
it's fun to watch that character, but it's like yeah. that I feel like with all of the women on this show that's very strong. And, and when I say in varying degrees, when you look at Tilda, she doesn't come off with this huge bravado or whatever. She's nope. a soft-spoken quietness. You know, you meet her, she's very refined, she's very mm-hmm. educated, she's very caring of the people, you know. In that first scene, she, she gives the lady, it's on the house. You know, we've tried different concoctions of these, you know, these herbal natural remedies to help your ailment. And I'm so happy that we finally found one where it works. So, of course, this one's on the house. You know, and it's just kind of like she's this very soft and sweet being. Yeah. Then the second her mother walks in, things kind of shift. You know, you see a shift in her. And shift this, is a nice way to put it. Yeah. It's just kind of, you know, she instantly feels this intimidation. She feels this this pain. She feels this anger, this frustration, these things that have been boiling in her. Yeah. The reason why they're estranged to begin with. Yeah. And over time, we watch her find a different type of strength. Tilda finds a new voice and a new way to take control of her life and her destiny in her mind. You know, yep. she feels like all of the Stokes prior are a reason why her and her mother's life is where it is now. And she's at a point where, okay, now how do I make a decision of adjusting that and, and changing that, that direction and that course? Which is very interesting because you are very funny. Like you are a very <laughs> funny person. Thank you. Um, and I was not prepared. Like I was not, I was uh. like, huh, okay, let's see where this is going to go. And then I watched and I was like, well, damn. Uh Okay. And it's fun that I got to not, you know, to do something that I feel like people haven't seen me do yet. Which is interesting because speaking of peeling back layers, speaking of you singing, Mm -hmm. speaking of creative writing, you actually sing Mm -hmm. this season in Marvel's Luke Cage. But it's not just that you sing. (laughs) It's your song. It is. It is. I didn't realize how excited I would be about it until I watched the show. And that scene, I was like, oh, this works perfect. I did a damn good job. I was like, you bad girl. I was like really freaking excited. Yeah, I remember the moment writing it and it was fresh off of a long day of filming. And it was a scene that I, I still had Tilda on me when I got home. Like I had the mm. essence of, of, of work on me. Yeah. And I just got to town. I think I wrote that song in like 30 minutes. And then I kind of played it back and went over it and like kind of adjusted little things. And then I recorded it so Jail could hear it later. And then um, the next day we were on set and we were shooting this scene. So I, I had texted him that morning and say, hey, I emailed you a sample of what mm. I'm thinking that's in my head. And let me know what you think. Now, we had been texting about this song because they were having a problem with, with finding a song and creating a song. Oh, wow. So I was like, let me take a stab at it. So when I text him the next day and he didn't reply, like, I mean, I'm going through hair and makeup, like at the work. So mind you, this is like over an hour later. And I didn't hear back from him. I was like, oh, hmm, well, I guess he hated it. I tried. It. I was like, but I was like, dang, that's rude. He didn't even tell me like, eh, it's not really what we're into. Like, it, it, I like it, but it won't work. I was like, he gave me nothing. So I felt the way. I was like, dang, I didn't. I know it's been a while since I've pinned something, but geez, I thought it was at least okay. Then I hit set, like the van takes me to set and he's lit up like, and he just walks over to me and he's just like, I listened to it. I loved it. Da, da, da. And I was like, oh really? Cause I thought you hated it. <laughs> Cause I didn't heard nothing Your from silence you. did not make me feel yeah. very confident. So I was in my very, skills. very excited. And then he's like, okay, but, but remove all of this excitement and happiness. He's like, cause now we got to do the scene, you know, and, and you're not you have supposed to be, to be in that not zone. excited. Yeah. So I'm all like squealing and all excited. But then when I watched it, because I wrote it specifically based on how the, the scene was written and, and based on his idea and vision for this moment, 
his idea and like the lyrics that I came up with just kind of went perfectly in the arrangement mm. that I came up with. And it just makes me excited because it was just kind of like mm. this little extra cherry on the top that I was not expecting when I got the job, you know. Mm. And the funny thing is I did have to audition. I had to sing for the audition. Mm. Um, and at the time he was saying he wasn't really sure if they would even use they just wanted to make sure that someone could in case it came up because obviously the whole Harlem's Paradise and the music element there mm. and with Cornell having been a musician and like like our family's musical. And I think that yeah. was kind of a part of an idea that he wanted to play with. So it all kind of just, just worked out. So, so cool. what you're saying is that your album comes out. <laughs> I'm part of that soundtrack, I would assume. Yeah, you yeah, you are going to be part of that part soundtrack. Part of the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. But I guess my album will come out whenever somebody gives me that opportunity. But right now I'm just enjoying I'm just enjoying it. Like I'm not expecting yeah. anything. I'm not trying to force anything. I'm just at that stage in my life where I'm just like, go for the ride and stay stay the course. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 don't take anything for granted. Stay grateful, stay humble, stay gracious. Um, and I feel like that lifestyle works for me, you know, and it kind of mm. keeps it keeps certain energies out of your orbit mm. and out of your space. And I yep. think that's most important. It's like you 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 get to a point in your life and you realize I'm where I've worked on me, but I forgot to work on what's around me. You know, you can work on you all day, but if you're still around negativity or like things and energies that are affecting the way you move yeah. through life. Um, so quick fire questions. Yes. Who is your favorite superhero? Black Panther. Seeing that movie, it's hard to ever answer anything else differently again. I feel like yeah. prior to him, it was probably Iron Man. Nice. But Black Panther. I mean, look, Chadwick Boseman is the Black man. Panther to life. When he came in, I was like, oh, when can I see more of that suit? Can I get more of that black suit, that tight fittings? Yep, I need more of that action. Can I need those claws. I need all of that. I love it. And just the whole energy around when the movie came out was just epic and exciting. And it just, it gave me chills. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I oh, loved it. I've saw it four times yeah. in the theater. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. am literally wearing a Wakanda jersey That's right. right. <laughs> and Black Panther sneakers. This is how I feel I about it. I love it. I love it. Um, is there anything that you want folks who are listening to this to know about Tilda that you feel was part of your prep in creating the character? Um, I think just knowing that she is a conflicted human being, as most of us are. We all have challenges and things that we try to balance in our life. And that the choice that she ultimately makes at the end of the season is one that in in her heart of hearts she thinks is a, the right one. And, you know, people will either agree with her or disagree. But I think that if they understand and really see the journey that she went through and the pain and the heartache and and maybe they'll they'll find some justification in in why she does what she does. If there's any character role you'd like to play, what would it be? Asada Shakur. Ooh. Someone that's got some heavy weight. I feel like she was a part of a movement that was very misunderstood by the masses. And it's very complicated, and there's a lot of things around that. I mean, I read her book, and it was very interesting. There's a lot of, you know, you feel like it's very espionage, and it's very dark, and it's, I feel like that would be a great story. And mm. I think um, the fact that she's still living, the fact that she is in, you know, Cuba right now, now that that's been lifted, I think they just had like 100 
thousand or like a million dollar reward on her head or something like that like this was recently so i think she has a very interesting story so someone like that that's controversial and that most people assume one thing about them and then you once you get to peel back the layers you really get why they fought for what they fought or did for what what they did but someone i feel like that means something to a movement and a purpose i think that would be a very interesting and fun character to play well, that's a perfect way to end this interview. <laughs> that was amazing. Thank you. No, I can't wait. I can't. I can't wait to see what's next for you. I hope it's like funny. Well, I for one am looking forward to rewatching the brand new season of Marvel's Luke Cage with a whole new perspective of Tilda Johnson. Thanks so much to Gabrielle for talking with me, and be sure to check out Marvel's Luke Cage season two now streaming exclusively on Netflix. And make sure to check out the next episode of Marvel's Voices. In the meantime, I'll also be at San Diego Comic-Con. See you there.